and welcome to Lilith and Sunny's Mediocre Hour. This vocal roller coaster will be sure to produce existential excitement and possibly dread. Not just for us, but for you too. Stick around if you're interested in casual conversation, fueled by experiences and viewpoints. And if you're not interested, then get out of here. Go on. Get. What the hell? <laughs> and if you're still listening, even after that, then off <laughs> that buttercup and enjoy the ride. Hello, people. My name is Lilith. I was born in the Midwest, and I like tattoos, art, and all new things. That's one reason why I'm personally here today, talking with my friend and counterpart, Sunny. Um, we're kicking off our very first podcast uh, with one of my favorite things to talk about, and it's something that myself and Sunny have talked about extensively in the past, and we're passionate about it. Um, that would be pride coming out. Um, our own sexualities and what that means to us and how we came there. Um, so first and foremost, uh, Sunny, do you want to go ahead and give an introduction for yourself? Yeah. Um, my name's Sunny. I'm 20 years old. I was born in the deep South. And then through my childhood, we moved around a bit and I eventually ended up um, on the West coast. Um, loved it there. Grew up there. Um, some of my passions are, Theater, cartoons, Dungeons and Dragons, and essentially anything nerdy. Like, if if you think that you might have gotten beat up for liking it in, like, the 80s, then I'm probably down with it. Um, I'm married. I live with my spouse and my cat. His name's Billy. The cat, not my spouse. Um, Lilith and I have only been working together for, for a few months, but uh, like, I, like she said, uh, it's we've had some really awesome conversations about this topic and it's something that we're both super excited to, to talk about. And I, I'm really interested in, um, you know, getting our stories out there as a little bit of a preface to some of the topics that we're interested in talking about in the future. Um, so yeah, if you want to get started on kind of what, what your experiences were growing up, then, uh, then I think that that would be a great start. Sure. Well, thank you. Um, so, you know, just coming out with it, I am pan and probably slightly in the demi category. And uh, that took years of questioning and years of fighting with myself and wrestling with myself. You know, a lot of people, I think, get confused. I'm like, well, what's the difference between, you know, pan and bi? And it's like, okay, well, um, there is a saying in the pan community and I don't really care for it very much. And it's like, uh, hearts, not parts. It's like, well, uh, also yeah, parts. yeah. Also parts, but, uh, you know, cause I feel like you yes. said you're Demi, um, Demi pan. And I feel like if you were Demi ace, then that would be exclusively hearts, not parts, you know, yes. but yeah, yeah, I mean, I feel like for some people, those labels aren't really something that matters but I, I think it's really important for for the, uh, the purpose of explaining the the way that your sexuality manifests mm -hmm. itself mm -hmm. well bust out the label maker because <laughs> I, like I love labels um, I think labels are great they help me personally yeah 
Um, so for my own personal story, uh, it's, this is something that I haven't really talked to anybody about, maybe a few Seltman people. Um, but growing up, sexuality, being gay, being a lesbian, you know, other variants of the spectrum weren't really talked about. It's not something that was discussed. It was something in the other category. Um, and uh, with that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to it, um, was this kind of shame if you were different yeah. um, or if you didn't think the way that other people thought. You know, I do feel like there was a certain level of brainwashing. And I don't think I put that at the fault of my parents. I think that they were doing the best that they thought that they could. But with that, a lot of things were hidden. You know, a lot of things weren't talked about. And um, I am kind of like one of those people that always knew that there was something different. I just couldn't find a word for it. My family, they were not the type to be like, oh, you, you got a little boyfriend or, you know, try to be cutesy about it. No, even when I did become of dating age, um, I think my folks, they kind of tried to ignore the fact that I was dating. Um, I remember one time I was like probably in third grade and I remember there was like this game on like during recess or something like that, where it was like a gotcha game. And one of my friends had come up to me and she was just like, hey, if there are no boys left on the entire planet. And you had to be with a girl. Who would you be <laughs> with? And, and I was just like, oh, that's pretty easy. I would be with <laughs> Olivia. Um, it was like very obvious to me. I was just like, well, no shit. Olivia's nice and outspoken. <laughs> and it, she bakes cookies with her mom all the time. School, so I know she's phenomenal. <laughs> they are good. I love her snickered rules. They are good. I love her snickered rules. But seriously, like she she was like, if you want to call it like the first crush, but I was like attracted to her personality. I was attracted to her yeah. as a person. I remember I did this this chick named I don't want to name her, so I'll <laughs> name her Rosie. Um, and I was in high school with her, and I remember it was like an all at once kind of phenomenon. Uh, we were talking, and we did this after school activity together. And, um, she was like, yeah, you know, my boyfriend has to, you know, come pick me up because my girlfriend, you know, she can't, she can't pick me up today. And, uh, it's like one of those things where you're like, are you using girlfriend in a term as in a girl that is your friend? That is my biggest pet peeve in the world. I hate, I like, like especially it. like I used to do it and it was like a manifestation of my closeted self. So I respect it in that way. Like I used to yeah. call like my close friends, like my wife's. You know, but that for me, that was a manifestation of my closeted, um, you know, my, you know, my sexuality while I was in the closet. Um, but just when when a married, straight woman in her 40s is like, yeah, it's a girlfriend. I'm like, is it? Is it? <laughs> I, I'm with you. It's like a strange, like, I don't. Yeah, it is slightly confusing. So, but it was like one of those situations and no, she was like, she was, um, dating this guy and she's dating this girl. It's not like they were a throuple or anything. It's just that they were together, um, 
you know, how would you say absence of each they other? They were like uh, independently like together. Energy. Yes. And, um, and it was really cool. And it was like one of those things where it was just like, it was, you know, polyamory and different sexuality all at the same time. Wow. And that was my first experience with that. And I remember like, yeah, holy shit, that's really cool. And a lot of people, man, like you want to talk about a rumor mill or like the things oh, that were said. Yeah, I can imagine. She, she had to have been um, brave. Like, frankly, like. Yeah, she didn't give a shit. She was just, she was happy. Shortly after leaving high school. So, you know, had some time had gone by and I was still living in my parents' household and could not mm. be who I wanted to be. And then I joined the service um, and it took me to, you know, far corners of our country. And I got out of this little comfort zone of my parents' house and discovering who you are. Yeah. By no, I, I definitely agree with you there. I, I was having a conversation with this girl who I, you know, came in contact with online. Basically, she was posting and she's like, how do I become a part of the community? Because I feel so, you know, alone. And I, I told her, I was like, well, go. And, you know, I was giving her advice, you know, go go to your local pride meetings, you know, do what you can. And she was like, it's really hard. My parents aren't supportive. And I was like, it'll get better when you get older. And she was like, I'm 21. And I was like, I'm so sorry, you know. <laughs> um, it It's just, it's a very difficult yeah. thing, especially when you are an adult and when you are... Um, you know, still living under a roof because you don't have that financial stability to, um, you know, be on your own and, and thus be who you are. And financial stability also plays into a lot of how willing a person is to be themselves. You know, um, there's actually this pyramid and I can't really think of the name of it right now, but the hierarchy of thinking, like, you know, your basic needs have to be met before you can start really thinking about yourself and expanding and getting into the more intellectual side of yourself if those basic needs aren't there you're not going to be able to very rarely i should say expand or get out of where you are and uh, at least that was true for me and probably is true for a lot of people so financial independence is it's great I'm not saying you can't be yourself without it i'm just saying sometimes it kind of paves the way for you to be able to say hey i'm going to say whatever the hell i want without fear that yeah no exactly um and it's great that now in america today that you're able to um have a job because I, I was watching this documentary yesterday and it was about this woman her name was terry she was one of the baseball players in um a league of their own she was lesbian she grew up in the closet um but they were talking about how in the past, you know, if you were outed, you lost your job. You know, if you're outed, you lost your way of life, your financial stability, you know, and I just can only imagine how far things could have come if so much faster, if, if that wasn't a fear that was placed over people's heads, you know. Which also on that note, I would like to add that during my time of service, in the beginning of my time of service, don't ask, don't tell had not been repealed yet so very well like I'm, I'm sure at that point in time if you had an asshole supervisor and they wanted to try to convince people that you were mm -hmm. out that they very well could have and um so that was scary for a lot of people 
Um, and they certainly didn't want to be out of it because yeah. of, for, for fear of their career. Um, and I remember being mildly worried, but I also still wasn't sure who I was yet when I had first joined. Um, I knew that it was there, but I knew it was something that, you know, had been suppressed for so long that what's more. <laughs> right? You know, what? what's more? <laughs> That's yeah. how sad. What's a little more? What's... Don't be shy. Put some more. Is you know? <laughs> yeah. So I realized that I can actually experience the side of myself where, um, but also like I could experience yeah, being attracted absolutely. to other people freely uh, other than that. And this like literal <laughs> magic rainbows fireworks where I was like cool nobody has to know and I can I can do this and be happy and see how I feel about it I just remember the first time seeing somebody uh this woman that had worked at like a little corner store and I just <laughs> knew that I wanted to be with her and I wanted to talk to her and she was getting stationed somewhere else and you know, we had tried to kind of continue to talk, but things had faded, you know, sometimes as long-term relationships do. And uh, still at this point in time, I hadn't known, you know, the word bi hadn't quite fit for me. And I, I didn't know what pan was at the time. And then, uh, you know, advanced some time later, and I was actually sitting at work with a coworker, kind of talking with him about all of this. And he brought up the word pan. And as soon as he said it, he said, oh, yeah, I've got a buddy. Uh, yeah, he's pansexual, too. Just like that. Because I was telling mm-hmm. him how I was like, I don't think I quite fit with bi. And then I had <laughs> to, like, immediately Google search. And, you know, it's it's like finding a little piece of yourself that had been missing for a really long time. Yeah, I'll start off with talking about my upbringing as well. Um, kind of similar. I felt coming back to that kind of sensitive word of being brainwashed by the church. I was not aware of what the word gay even meant. Um, I had someone call me the F slur in like third grade. And I was like, what does that mean? Uh, <laughs> I I had no idea. I was very sheltered. Um, I think my parents, like you said, were really cut you off but it literally took me a minute to realize what you meant by f (laughs) i was like somebody call you a fuck i was like what no another child what church did you go to another child called me the f slur um because i think that's important to note as well an adult didn't just sit straight out call me the f slur um but i i wasn't aware of what it meant um and i think that you and I have a lot of um, parallels in the way that we grew up. I grew up in the church. I felt like that was not even an option. I wasn't aware that it was a thing I could do. And then since I grew up in, in the deep South, um, I, I moved out, out West when I was in like middle school. And um, also with that kind of came a bit more, you know, I was getting older, I was getting a bit more freedom and also the internet was kind of becoming more accessible to me um it was very i was very sheltered from it when i was younger we would play like webkins and webkins only like on the internet when i was 
you know, up until the point where I got, like, my own iPod touch, you know. Um, but growing up, I was honestly, uh, honestly pretty hateful. I went, I went to church, like, four days a week, and um, I was, like, a real, real Bible thumper. Um, I, I was on worship team, and I, I, I was fully drinking the Kool-Aid, honestly. And um, I look back on that time in my life and I realize how horrible and how rude and disrespectful I've been to members of my own community. And it it really hurts my heart. Um, But I will say the blessing that the Internet was on my um, on my, you know, social awareness. Um, It's something that I, I think that I can never I can never really know how how different of a person that I would be without it. Um, I was like, I, I think I was maybe like 13 or 14. I started getting on Tumblr and, you know, I was like, oh shit, people can be things other than, you know, exactly what my mom and dad are. Um, you know, people can be different. I, I didn't really, really understand before that, that, you know, it wasn't just a thing that people said that they were, it actually is a thing that people are, you know, it's, it's not like a choice. And, and uh, growing up, I, I'll say I, I, I fit in more with the, um, with the guys, I mainly had guy friends, and that kind of caused me to be more isolated because I was so, uh, sheltered growing up. Um, you know, my parents weren't going to allow me to have boys over at the house. You know, they weren't going to allow me to, if I had a birthday party, invite boys because that was really inappropriate to them. Um, and so that kind of caused me to be a bit alienated from my peers in general, not, um, not specifically because I didn't have friends, but I, I generally didn't really have female friends, um, growing up, you know, not, not as consistent necessarily as my, as my male friends were. Um, but I kind of got older, puberty started to hit. I kind of started to feel a certain type of way, but due to the fact that I am, you know, a woman and, I was only around, you know, and hanging out with teenage boys, I tended to start to feel like they were getting this impression whenever I would become close, you know, with a certain guy that that would automatically mean that I was in love with them. And due to that, it kind of caused me to be in, you know, one-off relationship after one-off relationship with guys. And it kind of reaffirmed the, uh, the, compulsory heterosexuality that I had been taught throughout my adolescence just because that's that's where I fell in line a little bit better you know my my humor and my um my expression but then I got into high school and I kind of started realizing who I was and that kind of made me even more awkward around girls because I was like oh shit okay um, well, this is a thing I have to deal with now, you know, not only being awkward around girls because I don't necessarily fit in with the pack, but also being awkward around girls because I'm attractive to them. 
Um, and then in my, uh, my junior year of high school, um, my mom was going through a divorce with my, my father and she actually came out to me and my sister and my brother. And that was, um, that was really shocking for us just considering, um, considering that's not something that I had suspected of my mom. I should have, she was like a roller derby skater and only ever wanted short hair and you know, like, if it weren't for my dad, it probably would have just been, like, a full-on butch lesbian. Um, so I should have known, but I didn't. Um, um, but we were all very supportive, and that was really um, something that was kind of heartwarming to me, and it made it a lot easier for me to um, to come out less than a year later. Um, I came out because I was, I had just gotten out of my my last relationship with a cisgendered man, hopefully ever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but I had just gotten out of my last relationship and I was interested in talking to girls and pursuing things with girls because I was, I was, I had come out to my friends and stuff and I was kind of ready for that. But I'm a terrible liar. Um, so I, I decided that if I was going to be doing this, it wasn't going to be able to stay a secret because, you know, my mom is, she knows everything. She's got eyes in the back of her head, as all moms do. Um, and I also, I, I knew that it wasn't going to be an issue, you know. Um, so I, I, I came out to them and they were very supportive. Um, but after I came out to them, my sister was like, oh my God, thank God. Because when, uh, when I told them, I, I was like, heads or tails? And they were like, why? And I was like, because I have to tell you something. And I don't want to tell you. And they were like, okay, tails. And then I was like, shit, why did I even give a choice? I don't want to tell them. But, and I told them, and my sister was like, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to tell us that you were pregnant. Because I had just gotten out of that relationship with my, uh, my ex and they were like holy shit mm -hmm. this is not a big deal you know <laughs> i was not indeed pregnant i was just bisexual um and they were like wow yeah they were like ooh okay that's fine um, and then you know that's like the fun and happy story you know uh, but there's there's kind of a sadder coming out story for me um You know, later on that year, I started seeing um, seeing the person who is now my, my spouse, who I'm now married to, um, but I started seeing them and I was getting really scared um, because a lot of the dates that we were going on kind of had to be in the same town that my dad. Oh my gosh, that's my cat. <laughs> I'm so sorry. He's being crazy. But 
okay, back to my sob story. Violins, this is your cue. Um, <laughs> I am, I'm a sucker for sob. <laughs> okay, I'm closing my door. He's out. He's out. I'm closing the door. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm going to start that over. Um, but um, we have a carnival really? every year. It's a big festival, and it's, it's really fun, and we were going out on a date to it. And I was with my partner, and I knew that my dad wanted to go to the festival at the same day. But this was the only day that we could go. So the entire day, I spent the t- my time looking over my shoulder and, you know, still holding their hand and trying to, you know, show affection but I didn't, I wasn't able to, you know, enjoy it in the way that I wanted to. And I, I, I very quickly got tired of that. Um, and it was something, like I said, I'm a terrible liar. If my dad would have called me on it, I would have just had to, you know, take it on the chin. And I, I wanted to do it on my terms rather than his. Um, so I, I brought him to a Ruby's diner, um, and this was after he had actually already met her, you know, that we had a party the day before he had gotten a little tipsy. He had been very kind to her and very like, it seemed like he knew to me. It seemed like he knew that we were together. Um, and he had been very sweet and very kind. Um, so I was like, I had high hopes. Um, but then I went in and it really didn't go well. Um, he was accusing me of only coming out because my, my mom had, and that I was following in her footsteps just because I could. And, um, he was, you know, essentially telling me that, you know, none of this is real. You, you think that this is what's going on, but it's not. You'll understand when you're older, um, you're going to look back and you're going to thank me, um. And because of the divorce, I had I had made the decision to go live with my mom, um, just because I think it was affecting her differently than it was affecting him. So it was affecting him very negatively. So that came out in the way that he treated us, us kids. You know, I think it, it was just a hard time for him. So I don't I, I I do my best to let bygones be bygones on that one. Um, but I I wasn't living with him, so his reaction only mattered to me emotionally you know it didn't matter to me like for my safety or my well-being um but yeah eventually I I, it's kind of all blur I I know that a lot of traumatic experiences people can block out and I think that's one that I've definitely blocked out and there's only a few things that a few phrases that I remember because they're token phrases that I I repeated when people were asking me how the conversation went um, one of which is I, I told him he was he's getting mad and he was like, you can go wave your fucking pride flags flags at your fucking pride parades. Um, and I cut him off in the middle of his sentence. And I said, I hope that one day you can come with me. Um, and he said, if I ever go to a fucking pride parade, it will be with an AK-47 to shoot the motherfuckers up. Um. And, and that was really hard for me to hear. I had been fighting back mm-hmm. tears the entire conversation. And at that point, um, 
and my grandma was in the booth with me. I had brought her because she has a gay son, my uncle. Um, and I, I figured that that would be a good person for my dad to have in the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, I told my grandma, because she, she was kind of blocking me into the booth. Um, I told my grandma, I was like, hey, I need to get up. I'm leaving. I'm going to go. Um, bye. You know, like I, I, I was done with the conversation at that point. I didn't, I didn't have um, any more to say to him because uh, I don't think he realized that the motherfuckers in question were me, you know, um, and, you know, as, as a vulnerable young person, that really hurt, um, because my relationship with my dad growing up was always, you know, very good. I was at his, at his ankles, like, I was at his, uh, at his side, no matter what, you know, you know, going and getting on the tractor with him, and going and rolling up underneath the car, You know, that was what I was more, you know, set to do than to, you know, be in the house cooking with mom, you know. It really hurt to hear it from from him. His relationship with his brother is absolute garbage. And I know that his brother is, in fact, insufferable, not because he's gay, but because he's he's had a hard life, you know, being gay in the deep south was hard on him and it caused him to you know Mm -hmm. be depressed and turn to drugs for um as a coping mechanism and this really changed who he was as a person all that affected the way that he responds to the world and that in turn affected the way that my dad sees people who are gay Um, you know, growing up with his brother, he hated his brother because of the way his brother acted, and his brother acted that way because the world treated him like shit. Um, and then he was just slowly starting to, you know, get a good relationship back with his, with his, uh, brother, and then his wife divorces him and, you know, essentially leaves him for a woman. And, and I'm not obviously saying that it's on par with some other people's events but I will say like if those events wouldn't have happened maybe if his brother would have been a little kinder to him maybe if um my mother would have been able to be more open with him about her sexuality you know prior to the divorce you know so he wouldn't have felt so much like you know some lesbian came and swept his wife out from underneath him um, but, but nonetheless, so that's, that's kind of some context for his response, but it's not an excuse. And I never really let him get away with that excuse. I do love to hear your heart on this. And, but I hear in, you know, in the way that you talk about your dad, that you, you know, you care about him deeply. I am going to give him time because he has never had somebody who he sees as gay who he sees as part of the LGBT, be the same person that they were before they came out and be a person that he likes and that he wants to be around. You know, if I can be that person to him, then it might affect my my mom's life positively. Maybe one day he can, you know, be in the same room as her. It, it might affect my uncle's life positively. And now I'm really glad that I did um, because... Uh, Sorry, I'm getting a little emotional, but 
my brother just recently came out to us, my little brother, um, he might have just sunk deeper into his hole of hatred and of, you know, um, being, being just so convinced that being gay means that you're a bad person. It means that you're a cheater. It means that you're a drug addict. It means that you're some type of bad person. But I think that I've kind of, not that I have anything to prove to him, not that the LGBT has anything to prove to him, but I've made points to the opposite in his either conscious or subconscious. So now if if my brother feels the need to come out to, to my dad, if that happens, because he hasn't at this point. Um, but if my brother feels that coming out to my dad is what he wants to do, um, I think that it might be easier for my dad to understand now that a gay kid would be a blessing, you know? And I hope that it is not all in vain. Um, you know, I hope that maybe by, at least by the end of his life, I, I can have, you know, given him some sort of clarity on what it means to be a gay person. But that's really all, all that there is. I got married late or early, no, later, late last year, I got married to who is now my spouse. So the same, the same, uh, same person who I, I came out to my dad because of, I am married to now. Um, and I'm very happy. I think it's so interesting and lovely that beforehand you had talked about your mom and you were really focusing on your mom. And now the conversation has, you know, really shifted and you've been mm-hmm. focusing on your dad. And in reality, this has been, you know, your coming out story. It wouldn't, it wouldn't mean so much. I think that my family wouldn't matter so much in that story if my family wasn't so gay, you know, <laughs> like, and I'm glad that I went through it and talked about it because I, I think that it's really super important for people to know that sometimes there is a silver lining. But I'm going to put a disclaimer right now. Um, if your parent or your sister or brother is abusive and you can't handle, you know, the level of abuse that they're dishing out to you, like, I can't stress it enough. Like, get out of there. Don't. It's not your job. You know, just like my mom did, it was not her job to love the hate out of my dad. This has been Lilith and Sonny's Mediocre Hour. Please, you know, share this with people that you know that you think that could benefit. Um, Be kind to people and please give us a comment and tell us what um, topics that you would like us to do in the future. Thanks and be kind to yourselves. Bye! Bye! Yeah.